For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is a prophecy from the book of Isaiah in the ninth chapter, and it was written about this child, Jesus, that we are celebrating the eve of his birth today. Today we are reminded that God's free gift of love was to the entire world. That means to all of humanity. And like any gift, it must be received. If I began to look at it as something other than a gift, if I began to look at what Christ has done for you, for me, as something that I have to somehow earn or be good enough to deserve, all of a sudden it doesn't any longer qualify as a gift. It becomes something I'm trying to earn in my own strength. It becomes a wage, just like going to work and trying to earn something. And so many people try to earn God's love. They try to earn God's favor by being good enough. This pursuit of being righteous or being right in God's eyes and having his favor and his forgiveness, all of that, sometimes we can slip into this concept and this idea that we have to be on our best behavior to get this from God. We have to do a bunch of good deeds to try to earn this from God or put our best effort forward and then maybe God will grant this to us. But the Bible is very clear on this type of pursuit of righteousness if we try to do it in our own strength. In Isaiah 64 and 6, Scripture says, We have all become like one who is unclean, and our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, they take us away. The King James Version says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. In other words, it's not good enough. It's not going to be good enough. It's something like a soiled garment. We can't earn God's love. We can't earn God's favor. We can't earn God's forgiveness. Just like the gifts that you're giving to family and children and grandchildren and friends, those gifts are not something that you're expecting this person to earn. You're giving them freely because you give them. And that's how God gave us his son. And we need to understand that we still need a savior. We all need a savior because scripture is very clear. All of us have sinned. And Jesus is the expression of God's love to us by coming in human form, both divine and human, living a sinless life in order to be the perfect sacrifice that you and I could never offer, that we could never be in ourselves. So we could be made in right standing with God. Jesus' sacrifice satisfies the wrath of God by keeping God perfect and just as the judge of sin by Jesus Christ taking the penalty for what you and what I deserve. Jesus took that on himself. Scripture says that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why we have hope. This is why we celebrate, because we know why Jesus came, why he died. Just a few weeks ago, we talked about joy. And we talked about how joy was different than happiness. We talked about joy being something that I am positionally grounded in because of the good news of Jesus Christ. So that means whether things happen in my life that make me happy or unhappy, I still can have the joy of the Lord. And that gives me strength because my joy comes from knowing I'm in right standing with God through Jesus Christ. We've also talked about peace and how God gives us his peace and how we have to have peace with God in order to have peace 
from God. And that peace, again, much like joy, is positional. It's I am positionally in the peace of God. It passes my understanding. It doesn't make sense to me naturally because Jesus even said, the type of peace I give to you, it's different than the kind of peace the world gives. It's not the peace that's circumstantial. It's not the peace that is based on if everything's going your way that day or not. It's based on the fact that I'm in right standing with a holy, just, and perfect God. And the only way I can have that peace from God is to be at peace with God. And then last week we talked about hope, how hope brings light. Because there were people who were hopeful that a Savior was going to come and redeem mankind to help us to be that bridge so we could now have relationship with God. And he came, his name is Jesus, so he is hope fulfilled. But he also promised he would return again for those who trust in him and we would be with him forever. So now we have hope that the one who promised is faithful. The one who came is going to come again for you and for me. And so all of these things help anchor us in the gospel, knowing that we have hope, knowing that we have peace, knowing that we have joy. And today we know that we have his love that has been shed abroad in our hearts. If you have your Bible, you can go over to the book of John and the third chapter, very familiar passage of scripture, especially to those of us here in the USA, because John 3.16 has been synonymous with many, many things. And a lot of people who have never darkened the doors of a church are still familiar with the concept of John 3.16. And so have you ever read beyond the 16th verse, though? There's more to that than just the 16th verse. So let's read John 3.16, and then we'll go just a little further this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. You see, Jesus lights up the darkness. For those of you who have placed your faith, your hope, your trust, and he is your peace, and he is your joy, and you have sought that and found that in Christ alone, you were once in darkness. You were once blind. As the old song says, I was blind and now I see. I once was lost, now I'm found, right? That idea is I was in the dark and Christ has illuminated what was once in the dark to help me see my need. That light shown me my need, showed me my sin, showed me my inability to fix this problem on my own, and showed me Jesus as the answer. That's what the light has done for me. And that light then drew me to him. So once I was able to see clearly, that light then entered into my life, washed me clean, made me new, made me born again, saved, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, someone who has been forgiven, someone who has redeemed, been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. And now that light has entered into me, washed me clean. And now the light dwells on the inside of me. And it lives on us as believers so that we now go out into the world to let that light in us shine into the darkness that others may see, just as we have seen. 
Just like I've told you many times before in our world, we like to classify things as good and bad. And we like to say there's good people and bad people. And who gets to decide who's good and who's bad? Well, you and I often think that we're good in our own eyes. So we try to determine what is good and what is bad based on our own criteria. And we say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. And I feel like I'm a good person because I do, you know, these things that I can fill in the blank and make my list of all the things and reasons that I believe that I'm good. But that's not the way God sees things is if there's good and bad. No, he just sees lost and found. Those who have been saved and those who are yet to come into Christ's kingdom because they're still lost, they're still blind, they're still wondering. And here's the thing we always need to remember that those of us who are found, those of us who are saved, those of us who are in the fold of God, those of us who are a part of this family, who are named and called sons and daughters of God, we once too were lost. Helps us have a lot more compassion when it comes to sharing the light that we've been given with other people. Because those who are in the dark, we need to remember we too that are in the light were once in the dark. Here's our big idea for today. The light of Christ in us manifests as light to the world through love. The light of Christ in us, how it manifests as light to the world through the way we love other people. Jesus said it this way. He said that all men are going to know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's going to be the calling card, the way you love others. The way that you love your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, the way you're patient with them, the way you're kind to them, the way you love them, the way you serve them, the way you intentionally inconvenience yourself for them, the way you protect them, the way you keep your mouth from slander, negativity, gossip, the way that you encourage and build up, the way that you strengthen, all of those things, that's how people are going to know that you're legit because you're bearing the fruit of God's spirit on the inside of you and it's bearing outwardly because what God has done in you now is being shown to others. And not just those in the family of God, but to those outside of the family of God. Those who are still in the darkness, that they see that light in you. And it shines that light. That's what the church is called to be. Church is called to be a city on a hill that can't be hidden. That's what we're called to be as the body of Christ. More than just on a Sunday morning, amen? And it all started with Jesus. That baby in a manger. That baby in a cave where animals were kept and placed, where animals would eat, where they were fed. Jesus, this baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes. You know those swaddling clothes were cloths kept in the stable so that a baby lamb, when it was being prepared for sacrifice, it could be wrapped up tightly in these clothes so that way it wouldn't run away and it wouldn't struggle as they were taking this baby lamb to sacrifice. And that's why those supplies, they were readily available there where Jesus would have been born, where those animals were kept. And when Jesus was born, he was wrapped just like that sacrificial lamb, the perfect and final sacrifice for us to where now there doesn't need to be a sacrifice annually as they once practiced to offer an offering of atonement. But no, it's once and for all, Jesus Christ, this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, Jesus, our Savior, the express love of God to all humanity. This is the story of God's love towards us this Christmas Eve. Long ago, about 2,000 years, when King Herod ruled Judea, now part of Israel, God sent the angel Gabriel to a young woman who lived in the northern town of Nazareth. The girl's name was Mary. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph. 
And the angel Gabriel said to Mary, Peace be with you. God has blessed you, and he is pleased with you. Mary was very surprised by this. She pondered in her heart what this angel meant. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God has been very kind to you. You're going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and you're going to give birth to a baby boy, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be God's own son, and his kingdom will never end. Mary was very afraid, but she still trusted God, and she said, let it happen to me as God chooses. Gabriel also told Mary that her cousin, cousin Elizabeth, who everyone thought was too old to have a baby, was going to be expecting a child, and this child's name would be John. We know him as John the Baptist. And as we understand in the scripture that John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus to come. Joseph was worried, however, that Mary being pregnant would cause problems, and so he didn't know if he should go through with the marriage. And an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid. You need to go ahead and marry her. And so when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel told him to do, and he took Mary as his wife. On the night that Jesus was born, there were shepherds in a field. And in that field, they were just watching their sheep. And all of a sudden, there erupted in the sky a light that shone in the darkness. And that light lit up the sky in the angel chorus. They all said, peace on earth, goodwill toward everyone on the earth, glory to God in the highest. And they told these shepherds what had happened. And the shepherds wanted to go see what had happened in Bethlehem. And then in addition to that, later on, God had called three wise men to go and to worship and to honor him. And they brought Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh as they honored him. In Nazareth, Jesus, where he lived, would grow up and he would begin to preach and teach, perform miracles, and perform the duties that God called him to and proclaim the kingdom of God. There he would eventually also die on the cross for you and for me. Remember what we said earlier, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The light of Christ in us manifests as light to the world through the way that we love. Just as you're holding a light here this evening, or this morning rather, as you're holding a light on this Christmas Eve morning, I want you to think as you hold this, we're going to sing Silent Night here in just a moment, and the worship singers are going to come out, and we're all going to join in a chorus and sing together, and as we do that, I want you to think about a few things. I want you to think about how God has called us as a church to be for these cities, to be for all people. And if you're not from here, if you're not from the Quad Cities, I want you to think about wherever it is that you may live, that God has called you to be for that city and for the people there, that God has put you in a specific place in a certain time for his glory, and you have a light, and that light has illuminated you, and now take that light and let it illuminate others, because just as you were able to take one flame and let it touch another, and we begin to share from that one flame. Now you can see the gospel begin to spread all throughout the world as we have been given the responsibility to be ambassadors, carriers of the light, to let our light so shine before men. So Father, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to worship you in this way. May we leave from this place, God, being more aware 
that you have called us to carry the light. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you've done in our hearts. May it continue to shine as a light to all men. Amen. Thank you so much for coming out this Christmas Eve and worshiping with us. May God bless you guys and all of your travels and all the events and things that you have planned to do. And I pray we all honor and glorify God 
You are dismissed. Have a very Merry Christmas.